Our pal Vince is having some internet connectivity issues, but he texted me thoughts on every book for this week. So we will hear from Vince, even if we don't hear from him uh, physically. But how are you doing, Zach? I'm doing great. I'm glad to hear your optimism. Uh, In in spite of everything. In spite of everything, yes. Um, Hey, as as I've been saying for the last week or so, we still have tacos. And as long as we still have tacos, things are going to be all right. It's the little things. Exactly. There's a new Pokemon game coming out this week. So I hear. <laughs> so I hear. Yeah. Um, I was thinking this is not at all uh, Pokemon related. And I say Pokemon <laughs> on purpose. Um, that I kind of want to get that new um, Super Mario iOS game. Oh, yeah. So, it looks so fun. It does look so fun. So um, we'll have a video game to talk about where I want to be sitting here. As you humans could, uh, talk. You could maybe buy one of Vince's extra NES classics. That is true. I was I was uh, actually considering trying to get a couple and, and flip them as well, but you know, Vince already beat me to that. So oh, yeah, he bought them all. He bought them all, every single one. So if you guys need a, a Nintendo classic, talk to Vince. Anyway, we had comics to talk about. We're gonna start with uh Mother Panic number one, the fourth and for now final book in DC's Young Animal line, written by Jody Hauser, illustrated by Tommy Lee Edwards. This takes place in Gotham City. It we, we get an appearance from Batman in it, but it's certainly not your typical Bat book. Um, what did you think of this issue, Zach? I liked it. I liked it a lot. I got a little confused about halfway through, which we can talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really liked this book. Yeah, I um it's weird how this is like a uh how do I put this? Almost like an adult Batman story. Yeah, I was going to say like a Vertigo Batman book. Yeah, yeah. Um and I think this is technically in continuity. I I think so. Um It's all a little bit nebulous, no, which is fine. There's no reason. Yeah, there's no reason to say it's not right now. Yeah. Um but the only thing I could say is that I believe the Robin costume that Alfred is polishing the case of in the backup story is not New 52 canon, but that's okay. <laughs> right. Who cares? Um, but anyway, so the issue uh, follows, you know, we don't really know much about the the title yet. We can presume that Mother Panic is the name of the vigilante in question I think- here. I think so. There's a, um, you know, they have those bios in the back of the issue. Yes. And Mother Panic, uh, Mother Panic does seem to be her vigilante name. Yeah. Um, but we get a little bit of the background of this. Uh, what's the character's first name? Violet. Um, Violet Page. Page, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a little bit of her background, and it, it it felt pretty natural to me. It didn't feel like so many times. And, you know, in, in books we're going to talk about later today, um, some of these origin stories just seem so bogged down in the need to sound organic and to not just be straight up exposition. I felt like this book did a good job of giving the story some import without just making it a pure info dump. Does that Do you agree with that? 
Yeah. Um, do you want to get into plot details here? Sure. Yeah. Go for it. You can. You can lead us here. Okay. Uh. Yeah. So Violet Page. Um. It's kind of this. Um. The celebrity wild child. Um. Very much kind of like a a younger Bruce Wayne. Uh huh. In a way. Um who we get a little bit of backstory with her her parents um her her mother ha- has some kind of mental um disease something similar i get almost kind of like alzheimer's um where she is you know has some dementia it's not all there um and her father uh we don't know a lot about her father other than he likes to hunt yeah. <laughs> and um and wants her to hunt once her to hunt and and died uh, mysteriously 15 years ago and that seems to have shaped um her life greatly since then and enough for her to become a vigilante in gotham um so we we see her come back to gotham and she's at an event where um some things happen i don't know how like spoilerly spoilery we want to get but we're introduced to a villain named uh gala mm-hmm. or gala um who seems to be an an art themed villain and, which i um, really enjoyed by the way yeah and um yeah it was really interesting this is a really pretty book yes yes it is um visually it definitely feels like an old school virgo book mm-hmm. uh, that was definitely the impression that i got while reading it I like how Mother Panic herself is a very um, sort of like the, the design of the costume is very angular. It's very it, sci-fi. Yeah, absolutely. And I like how she has almost like uh, pinchers by her mouth, and the uh, you know, everything about it just looks very. It looks familiar, but it looks different. And uh, you know, I, I'm actually really shocked by how connected to the DCU Young Animal's been so far. Mm-hmm. And I thought this would be the one that was by far the the strongest connection. But aside from Batman being, you know... I mean, He makes a cameo. He makes a cameo. Aside from that, though, this doesn't feel... It doesn't feel not like DC, but it just... You, you understand what I'm saying. It's not... Yeah, yeah. It, it's very much its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um... So on our patented uh, pull pirate and pulp scale, where does this fall for you? Oh, this is a this is a pool. I'm glad that we are four for four on yes. young animal books. Yes. Oh, uh, before we get before you abandon this, I'm sorry. We didn't talk about the backup at all. There's yeah, a a, a really fun little backup called Gotham Radio, and it's written by Jim Kruger and illustrated by Phil Hester, and um, it's essentially like a, a late night shock not shock like a talk radio type guy and uh a um again i, I don't want to get i don't know how spoiler we're getting here but he's murdered on the air and uh just a very interesting short little piece here only three pages but i really enjoyed it what did you think of it yeah i thought it was cool i love how they're the young animal line is kind of using these backup stories um to tell these kind of cool little one-off stories um this had a very 
kind of uh, animated series feel to it. Yes. I felt like a grittier, which I people say that about a lot of Batman stories. I feel like that gets mentioned a lot, but that's what that's just what initially came to mind. It also um, reminded me a little bit of a Gotham Central type feel yeah. because it's looking at Gotham City outside of Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a cool little story. Like you said, it's three pages. Um, it, I thought it was interesting how it has the um, the grid panel layout, but each each page has an increasing number of panels. Yes. Um, which was just a cool effect. Absolutely. Yeah, I really, I honestly like. I wasn't expecting to not like this book, but I, I was kind of expecting it to be my least favorite. Yeah, I agree. But I actually really um, thought highly of it. Yeah, once we get into the second or third issue of these books, I think we should do a young animal-centric, maybe a bonus episode or something, where we yeah. dig dig more into them. But this is a pull book for me, too. Um, this is what Vince had to say. Vince said he's a pirate, but with pull potential. Just an okay debut, but it's because it's purposely going for a table setter type feel. Uh, cool art, strong voice, just didn't pop the way the other Young Animals titles did. So, I appreciate that, even if I disagree a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, let's let's finish up the Young Animal chat and talk about Doom Patrol number 3, written by Gerard Way, illustrated by Nick Darrington. Um this is by far my favorite issue of this series so far. Yeah, this may be my favorite young animal issue so far. To um, me, this, this hit fantastic. this hit every note you wanted it to hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this is also when um, not that Gerard Way has been shy about his comic fandom, but it's it's on absolutely full display in this issue. Yeah, um, man, I there's so many things I want to talk about, but this this comic probably has one of my favorite pages that I've seen in a long time. The um, the crisis. Page. I was just gonna talk about the crisis page, how it uses like the trade dress to to tell to be a literal sentence. Yes, <laughs> you know, it's genius. It's so smart. Um, yeah, I mean, like. This is um, extremely meta, um, so if that's not your wheelhouse, then, you, you know, this might turn you off, but um, this just makes, uh, this is a great payoff for the Casey character, I feel like. Yes. Um, Gave her a really a interesting idea. origin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, as, as we've mentioned in the past, I'm a huge fan of Danny the Street. Mm-hmm. So to see Danny the World, you know, yeah. is a pretty cool uh, little uh, addendum here, too. Lots, lots of Flex Mentala, which is always good. Yeah, we're getting really cool evolutions of all of the classic Doom Patrol characters, I feel like. Yes. Um, the stuff with Danny, the stuff with Negative Man. Um, just some really, like, high stakes, compelling storytelling. Yeah, um, and also for the uh, for the third straight issue, we get a one page look at Niles Calder. <laughs> yes, where he essentially creates a robot version of himself, who then insults him and walks away. <laughs> <coughs> uh, 
Oh yeah, hand turkey. Yep. Such a great insult. It is such a great insult. I don't know if I really understand that. I know you draw like a turkey with a hand, but like, yeah, I'm gonna start calling people that. Yeah, yeah, I love these like yeah these little kind of non sequitur Niles Calder pages. Um, yeah, this this book is just doing really cool things. Um, I the last page are are we supposed to think there's something up with this uh this girl? Was she someone from a previous issue? And I'm just forgetting. She is. I think she might briefly be in issue two, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure. Okay. Um, that see, I felt like the first two issues of the series leaned a little bit too much on it being on on it being pure tone. Like those two issues were all about setting a tone for the series, but not much happened in them. Whereas this issue had a lot happening in it, and I think that's why I enjoyed it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought this was great, absolutely great. Um, Vince said, "This is a pull. Really came into its own. This issue, good use of flex. Really interesting origin for Casey with Danny the Street, Danny World, etc." Um, I agree. I agree completely. Anything? Uh, any dissenting opinion? No, I like this a lot. Yeah. All right, we're going to just kind of, uh, you know, fly through the rest of the books, pausing when when applicable. Um, and again, I will give Vince's comments for each one as well. So, Action Comics. Uh, Zach, you were the biggest uh, action apologist thus far. Um, and this is the, uh, the start of a new storyline. Uh, what did you think of this issue? I mean, it wasn't... It wasn't terrible. It wasn't. I mean, it, I I like that we're getting a Lex centric story that's kind of dealing with. I think it's interesting that we're going to get a Lex story that is about him um, having to kind of fight against being the villain. Yeah, but that's about it. That's about the best thing I can say about it. Yeah. Um... I guess this is relevant to talk about. So uh, Dan Jurgens had a really shitty tweet last week. Yeah. Where he essentially said, happy Veterans Day. Veterans didn't have counselors coming to their schools and safe spaces. They, like, dealt with their problems or whatever. Something really insensitive and shitty. And uh, that informs what, what Vince said. Vince said he was pulping this. He's going nowhere. And he needs a safe space from Jurgens Superman for a while. Yeah. So... I, I agree with that. You know, I thought again, I thought this was the this is one of the better issues thus far. Mm-hmm. But there's just there's nothing happening in this book that isn't happening better elsewhere. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. And this book has it seems exclusive use of non Superman Clark Kent, and I don't care about that character at all. Yeah. So just tuck that away. Yeah. And it brings us to uh, I should say by the way. Uh, Action written by Dan Jurgens, illustrated by Tyler Kirkham. Mm-hmm. Which uh, Kirkham did a good job. He did. I, I liked his. Um, I like the action stuff Kirkham does a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that brings us to All Star Batman number four, written by Scott Snyder, illustrated by John Romita Jr., backup illustrated by Declan Shalvey. Um, so this book, I, I think this is a good issue. Let me start there. I, I'm really enjoying what 
the story is. I don't know if I love Bruce and uh, Harvey being old pals so much. I'm I'm still kind of mixed on that um, that revelation. And this book, as well as uh, Detective this week, but especially this book, just shows Bruce's Batman to be like almost impossibly smart in how he and impossibly prepared. I know Batman's supposed to be the most prepared guy in the room, but like every part of his body is weaponized. And Duke actually makes a joke about that at one point. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of fun when reading this book, but I just hope that Snyder can pull Batman back from being this uh, just completely defi- device-dependent guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the art in this issue. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, that, that too. It's not great. No, remember how good Ramita's first issue looked? Oh, it looked so good. I just want to call out, there was one panel. Um, it is... Is it where Bruce is holding the coin? Out of the, out of the uh, hood? No, it's not okay. that one. Um, it's the page following um, when they get out of the sewer and knock Harvey out. Okay. Um, it's Bruce and Di- uh, Duke. Bruce and Duke um, standing there, and just like Batman's stance and anatomy are just like <laughs> like maybe he's supposed to have like a dislocated shoulder. That's why he's saying like that? And his, like, torso is, like, longer than his legs. (laughs) I I don't know. Um, There's just, yeah. There's this one panel where Bruce is holding, Batman's holding up the coin. And he's, it's, I think it's, he's in the airplane, maybe? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And his just, again, like, it looks like his, looks like his arm is on backwards. Uh Like, it's an action figure and somebody put the left arm in the right arm socket. It's just really, really. That page weird. was really funny because he's just like holding it out behind him. Yeah. And then that, the guy drops down and he's yoink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard the sound effects on that one. Uh, we all did. We all did. Um, however, Declan Shalvey continues to do amazing work on the backup. Yeah. Uh, I can't be the only one who's hoping for a. Snyder Shall v. Duke series, am I? I was I was just saying like how much I in my head I was just saying like how much I would love to see a a Shall v. Duke series. Yeah. Um, regardless of who is writing it, I, I you know I think he has like a really good grasp on the character, mm-hmm. like his um j- just like how he moves, how he his like physicality. Um, that first page is really as when he's kind of like running through the hospital. Um, just like really dynamic and interesting and yeah this backup is really good yeah I keep thinking that Snyder has to be doing something else for DC soon mm-hmm. he's he's on an exclusive contract he's only doing one monthly book right now yeah. so I feel like maybe this is what's going to be happening so um, yeah I am uh, as longtime listeners of the show will remember uh, Scott has been on the show before Scott Snyder and um, I am trying to get him on again soon so hopefully that will happen soon. Um, this is what Vince had to say. He said he's pulling this. He loves the pacing, even if he doesn't love the idea of Two Face being an old pal of Bruce's, and he loves the backup. So yeah, nothing, nothing too different there. I can't wait for January when Jock is doing an issue. Yeah, I can't wait for that. And I, I really am like, 
I'm I'm ready for this arc to end. Um, not because I haven't enjoyed it, but um, I'm I feel like there's going to be a lot of payoff, just because there are a lot of threads and and you know dominoes that have kind of been set up. Um, but also, yes, I'm like very excited for the next arc because uh, so next we have a jock arc. I think this um, is the jock one shot, isn't it? Is it maybe just a one shot? And then we it don't know. We'll know the February. Uh, solicits in a week Sean, or so. Sean Murphy has a has an arc coming up. I don't know if it's the next one. Okay, I know he has the last arc on the book. Maybe that's it. Yeah, Snyder has said how long this. Well, I no, I think he said that it there's a couple different like lengths it could be, but that Murphy's is the last arc. Okay, I want to say I saw him say something like in the twenties. Oh, okay, that would be good. Um. It's two, three years, depending how it's spaced out. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Mm. Um, all right, that brings us to one of the books that Zach did not read this week, and that's Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, uh, written by Julia and Shauna Benson, illustrated by Rose Antonio. I'm going to let Vince take this one first. He said pulp. Take it away, Vince. He says he'd pulp it. It feels so inconsequential. I don't disagree with any of that, but I do want to say that um, this issue is essentially just a, like, it, it tries to tell the history of the Mafia and kind of feels like a reduction of The Godfather Part Two, all the Sicilian scenes. Um, and uh, there's also some broad Italian stereotyping happening here. And so I will be taking the ACLU up on their offer to keep Trump honest and also to keep DC honest. And, uh, like, th- this is... Uh, this is ex- this is an actual line from the comic, all right? By by uh, Helena. I've traveled the entire world and I've yet to find anything that comes close to mama's sauce. Not too garlicky, <laughs> not too sweet. That's actually in the comic, Zach. <laughs> As the Italian, I have to I have to call foul on this. Uh, this is a garbage comic. There's nothing fun happening here. Um I think this comic is not long for the... I, I, I could actually see this being one of the first canceled books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batgirl has her own series. Black Canary is showing up in at least two other series. And I don't think anybody really cares about this version of The Huntress just yet. So yeah, what I think they're going to do, mark my words, because it, it came out this week that one of the proposals for the Harley Quinn movie is that it's a Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey movie. And so... Um, I could see this ending relatively soon and then coming back as a book called Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. You know, I see that. around the time the movie comes out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolute garbage. Um, next up is Deathstroke, uh, written by Christopher Priest with uh, layouts by Larry Hama and illustrated by Carlo Pagulayan. And um, this book is continually surprising me and how great it is still really good and how how great is it that um christopher priest gets to write a black panther analog <laughs> yeah absolutely um also i i don't know how familiar you are with larry hama's work in general not uh, very see now I, I i did 100 episodes of a podcast with chad bowers and when that happens you hear a lot about his gi joe work and and I wound up reading a lot of Larry Hama stuff because Larry was in the show one time, 
Um, the Hour Cosmic, for anybody who didn't listen, you can still find it on Multiversity. It was the internet's first, last, and best comic book game show. Um, anyway, but so the layouts here, there's a couple, especially that first double-page layout of of Slade uh, kicking his way out of the uh, of the plane and firing the gun. That's a, such an incredibly Larry Hama layout but it doesn't it doesn't look like him it's just you know that that's the beauty of someone like him doing layouts you get these really interesting fun layouts but you still get the the art of of peggy lion who's been doing nice work also um is this the first time we've encountered jericho in the new 52 or was he part of one of the other deathstroke series Brian, I'm not the person to ask. <laughs> I don't think anybody is. I, I don't. I think if you asked Dan DiDio, he wouldn't know. No, I don't know. I thought he was handling I'm, I'm well sure here. Scott Liddell or Rob Liefeld one has the answer. Um, That's true. Tucked away somewhere. Um, it's the first time I remember reading Jericho. Yeah. Let's start there. Um, I thought that that character was handled very very well. Yeah, very very interesting. Um, the the whole um, the the way they handled his like speech with the the sub vocal Bluetooth device or whatever. Um, very very interesting and also suitably creepy with the the speech bubbles that they use. Yes. Um. Just just unsettling enough you know yeah i would say that this issue does a really nice job in introducing jericho i think and vince says that this is the best rose wilson we've had in years oh yeah i don't disagree with that at all um you said there gets to be a black panther analog which is pretty fun and also i feel like this does a nice job of showing jericho as a morally ambiguous character while definitely still part of his father is in him, he's not quite as mercenary as him, but he's still pretty cold. And uh, it also somewhat updates Jericho's ability, or at least it shows a new way of him, like, taking over people's bodies, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, this is a pull comic. I don't know, I don't know how, ma- how many more weeks we can gush on and on about it. Hey, here you go. I, I checked. Um... Jericho was in the first Deathstroke New 52 book. Um, Rob Liefeld wrote him. He was an antagonist. Uh, He did stuff and was apparently killed. Um, (laughs) But then the second version appeared in the second Deathstroke book, which erases the previous volume from continuity. I didn't know that. Neither did I. Um, With Jericho once again being his heroic and peace-loving self. So we're getting a third totally different incarnation here. Yes. Um, In five years. Yes. Uh, Vince said, Paul keeps getting better and better, the best Rose Wilson we've gotten ever. And he might be right about that. Yeah. Uh, this uh, I've, I've never been particularly interested in, in Deathstroke, and, and I've also... Um, I, I don't have, like, a big New Teen Titans history, so... A lot of the the Deathstroke related characters um, were kind of you know outside of my wheelhouse, but this is this is very good. Yeah, I think we should try and get Christopher Priest on the show as well. 
It's a good idea. Because I think he'd be a lot of fun to talk to. Because, I mean, that guy's a comics lifer, and this is unlike anything he's ever done before. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of fun to talk about that. So, but yeah, um, that brings us to Detective Comics, uh, written by James Tynion IV, illustrated by Eddie Barrows. This is the continuation of last week's story, or last, last issue's story. It's not weekly, it's not monthly, it's just last issue. Um... We get the Victim Syndicate, which is this group of, of, of villains just very, very interestingly put together. They're all people who work sort of collateral damage in in stories, in, in capers involving various Bat villains. And uh, we also get to see Batwing take his place on the team, at least temporarily. And... Um, we get uh, that Leslie Tompkins basically telling Batman to eat shit, which is a pretty great moment also. Um, yeah, I, I love this issue. Yeah. Um, first of all, like, Eddie Barrows just kills it every time. And He's... he, I think going to Greenland, agreed to Martian Manhunter, rather, is what really, like, helped him. I thought he was good before then, but he's been great ever since then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this issue looked fantastic. Um, gosh, just all of the character stuff. Um, I mean, Tynion has made me care about Clayface. Yes. And, and just the team dynamic is so great. Um, still, you know, like following up from the fallout with Red Robin. Um, there was that great moment where they're sitting at the round table and and. Uh, Batwing sits in Red, Red Robin's spot and yeah. it's just like, oh, what's their problem? Um, yeah, this book is really good. And it kind of stumbled out of the gate a little bit, if you recall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is it is course corrected and then some. This is this is really really enjoyable. Um, yeah, I, I'd be pretty comfortable saying in, out of the three main Batman books, this and and Batman and all-star um this might be my favorite um yeah i'm it's between this and all-star i think this one's out for me too uh vince said it's a poll it's a batman team book i could read for years and years um i agree i agree completely that brings us to the flash written by uh, josh williamson illustrated by um flipping Watanabe. yeah yeah I, I broken record here. The good books in Rebirth are really good, mm-hmm. and this was a really good issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, really great art um, from a not not regular artist. Um, really great character work here. Um, I feel like the the new new kid flash is really coming into his own they gave him a lot to do in this issue yeah yeah um, um i love barry for, I, I feel like for for folks of my generation wally was always our flash and so it took me a long time to warm up to barry as the flash but i think that this series has just presented him in such a pure and fun way that I've been really enjoying it. And, you know, 
I love both Barry and Iris being so aghast at Wally skipping school. Like, I loved how innocent and comic booky that was. You know, there's just there there is a lot about the way that Barry deals with Wally not being a perfect hero yet was really really good. Um, and you know me, the shade was in this issue. I'm a happy camper. Oh yeah, and it looks like going to be a really interesting usage of him as well kind of um a victim of the new 52 you know yeah in in a way yeah um so um multiversity writer ken Gobberson the third reached out to me and said do you think that this makes starman canon again and that's a really interesting question to me I I think that Starman will be canon. I don't think we're going to see Jack Knight anytime soon. I I don't know. I don't know, Brian. I wouldn't be surprised if in 2017 we get James Robinson back to write a new volume of Starman. I just got chills all over my body. Please don't do this to me. I mean, like... It's been a, I'm it. vulnerable. It's would been it, a rough week. Would it even be the the most surprising thing to happen in comics? It would be surprising that Robinson would want to write more Jack Knight. I mean, they. So he's always said that there's stories that's... of Jack set in Japan he wants to tell. Mm-hmm. So I could see them bringing him back to do that story. I, I all know. I'm saying is is after Warren Ellis and Greg Rucka and. You know, everyone else who's come out of the woodwork due to DC um, getting it together, as it were, I wouldn't be surprised. I, and let's be fair. I mean, I, no one's a big James Robinson fan than I am. I'm reviewing his new Dynamite book this week, Grand Passion. It's very good, actually. It's uh, definitely worth reading. But is he doing much at Marvel right now? I think he's still doing... He's, um, he's doing Scarlet Witch still. That and um, Squadron Supreme. That's still happening? I think so, yeah. I like both of those books, but they just feel very inconsequential to me. Yeah, he's. I feel like, you know, there are certain writers who just excel at one publisher or the other. Yeah. Um, he. De- I feel like he definitely belongs to DC. And, I, you know, I, I say all this stuff. Like, I'm definitely getting ahead of myself and kind of being a little hyperbolic. I know he um, got dealt a really bad hand by dc um and so who who knows like what degree of hard feelings there might still be there and and i i you know wouldn't fault him at all if he didn't want to come back but um that's just such an important character i feel like for dc and um especially if the the jsa is going to become a centerpiece in DC again. Um, that's a character with such a strong tie to like legacy and, and everything in the DC. And I think it would be a disservice for at least some aspects of that, that character to come, to come back, whether or not he actually showed up, but just, or if, if you know, a, a new version, I, I would love to see a new star character. Um, come from that that story you know yeah there's a lot there i hope you're right um 
Vince pulled this. He said it's so comfy, so good. And uh, I agree. So, uh, did you read Gotham Academy? Because I did not. No, I didn't. Here's what Vince had to say. He said this is a pirate. He says he needs to slow down a little. In his opinion, it's kind of losing him. And I understand what he means, even though I haven't read the last two issues. I feel like this book is is flying full steam ahead towards something that the creative team is very excited about, but I'm not necessarily all that into right now. I don't know if that makes sense or not. No, yeah, it does. Um, yeah, I have no problem with that book. I, I I wish it well. It's not. It's with with so much to read. It's fallen by the wayside for me. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm still so glad it exists. Absolutely. And I was thinking about maybe if we have like a fifth week coming up soon, where there's a uh, there's a gap, maybe that's a book I'll catch up on. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. What'd you think, pal? I didn't like it. I, okay, I know I recently said this about Green Lanterns. I think this might have been the best issue so far. I'm I not saying I love it. I would have loved this issue. Okay, maybe not loved. I would have probably liked this issue a lot more um, if it had been Rafa Sandoval on art. You mean you don't love the overly posed uh, nope. Ethan Van Skyver stuff? Nope. It actually it it hurt my eyes to look at it. Not because it is you know bad in that way, but it's just it's so busy um, at times. And I know that's kind of what he's known for, but I, I just I don't know. It's not what I want anymore. Yeah, there is one panel on this. Where I thought John Stewart's uh, jaw was gonna come unhinged and a, and a small man was gonna crawl out of his mouth, so he's screaming so intensely. Uh, there's just a lot of a lot of Van Skyver nonsense here. Um, yeah, but I did I did like the idea of Hal being missing for a bit. Yeah, I hope that keeps going. Although I I've seen some upcoming covers. Yeah, me too. So we'll see. I like um, the idea of the of the Sinestro Corps not going away but not being under Sinestro's leadership, nor even being like a fear-based organization anymore. I, I, this is the first that's a, time... That's an evolution. Like, it's a, it's yes. a growth. Yeah. It's something. It's something. This is the first time that Robert Venditti has had me the slightest bit interested in his Green Lantern book in well over a year. So while I still don't like it, I'm, I'm slightly more optimistic about reading the next issue. How's that yeah. for a non-committal answer? Yeah. And I mean, like, I, you know, I'm interested. They brought Ganthet back. Mm-hmm. I like Ganthet. Um, I think the, the villain will be an interesting misdirect if it's who I think it's supposed to be based on solicits. Um, have you looked ahead? Uh, I, I know that one of my favorite characters is supposed to come back very soon. Oh, well, this isn't one of the... the it's not who I'm thinking about. <laughs> okay. It'd be funny if it was. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I, I'm at least... I'm not dreading the next issue as much. Mm-hmm. So let's say that. Um, let's see what Vince had to say about this issue. Vince said, These last couple of issues weren't as incomprehensible as the first few, but it's still just a boring title. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong about that. All right, you did not read New Superman, did you? 
I did not. Okay. This was really the be- behind on it. This was the best issue of the series. Okay. It was good. Um, I don't know if it's great. Vince, quote, I really like this book. If you've dropped off, this is the issue I'd recommend trying out again. Keenan is far less annoying and the plot is kicking to gear. Pull. I argue with all of that for the most part. This issue had a lot more going on than the previous ones did. It made the characters both worth rooting for and worth cheering against. It, it put some real stakes in the book. Let's put it that way. Okay. And we got another appearance of August General and Iron. I do like August General and Iron. Who doesn't? This uh, this would be my fifth week catch-up book. I'm, okay. I'm not that far behind on it, but I'm, I'm enough that I, I need to go back and read. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, Red Hood and the Outlaws. You told me you didn't finish this one, right? Yeah, and not, not because I didn't. I didn't like it. I think I just uh, just busy. I yeah, I stopped it, and then when I came back, I, I wanted to focus on other ones, and I just I just didn't end up coming back to it. That's fair. Uh, I'm really enjoying this book. Yeah, I still don't know if it's a pull for me. I think I might still be a pirate, but it's um. I can't believe Scott Lobdell's writing this book because it's kind of subtle. <laughs> it's not really subtle, but it's subtle um, for a Lobdell book. Yeah, exactly. These things are relative. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy it. I um, I'm excited to see where th- I'm. I'm excited to get to the second arc. Let's put it that way. Because so Dexter's far, boy. yeah. I so I was gonna say, say so far to me this feels more like a mini series. Than an ongoing. I hope that changes soon. Um, we're talking about Dexter Soy in one second. Vince said, Pirate, still surprisingly solid, just chugging along well. He's not wrong with that. Uh, Dexter Soy, I thought Dexter Soy did nice work when he was doing Captain Marvel for Marvel, but he's really kicked it up into a new gear with his title. Yeah, he's a, he's a good um, get for DC. Because I, um, I, don't, I don't think he had previously done much work at DC. He did one other thing that I can't remember now. Um, oh, but... yeah, yeah. He did um, Batman Beyond. Yes. the digital books. Yes. There we go. Knew there was something. But that, I remember, like, that That wasn't, or in my, I didn't think that that, that, that was nearly as strong as this. Yeah, no, I agree. This is very good. Yeah. And, um... I like the I like the use of Bizarro here. I think he's um, he's less obnoxious than Bizarro often is, and there appears to be a bit of a heart to the character. So I like that. It's good. I'm gonna I'm still pirating that, but I'm leaning towards pull, which I never thought I'd say. Never. Oh, yeah. Um, that brings us to Supergirl number three, written by Steve Orlando, illustrated by Brian Ching. Um. While I enjoyed the other issues of the series, this was my favorite one so far. Yeah, I um, I don't feel super invested in this book yet. Um, mostly just because I feel like I've seen this kind of story a lot, but uh, it's not bad felt almost that exact same way until reading this issue. Yeah. And then I started to care a little bit more. I don't really know why. It's like you said, we've we've all seen this, like, you know, essentially a new Krypton story, right? Mm-hmm. We've all seen it a hundred times. I don't know why. 
it hit me differently this time, but it did, and I'm really enjoying it. So, yeah, I'm going to pull this. Vince said, pirate, anything with Supergirl in costume is hitting with me. The rest is not quite there yet. Good, but not great. Yeah, I think I feel um, pretty similarly. I'm, cool. I'm at a pirate as well. Okay, that's good. Um, that brings us to Superwoman number four, written by Phil Jimenez, illustrated by Emmanuel Lubikino. Um, this is a super book we all deserve, right? Mm-hmm. So good. This is a really good book. Oh, I, man, I love this stuff with Lana and Lois. Yeah, how we basically have ghost Lois haunting Lana. Mm-hmm. That's really weird. Wouldn't have seen that coming. Nope. And I'm glad it's there. Um, I'll just read what Vincent to say quickly. Still doing everything I wanted action to do. Really great dynamic between Lois and Lana. Yeah. Um, and the book isn't losing much on the issues Phil Jimenez isn't illustrating. Because Luke Aquino no, no. is really good. Very good. Yeah. Now, here's my question about this book. Is there any chance of this book lasting 25 issues? Uh, Brian, I don't know. I want it to. So do I. It just feels very small and contained to me. And that's not an insult. See, I I almost kind of feel the opposite. Like, I feel like there's so much room for growth and and expansion. There's such a... Okay, let let me rephrase it because you're, you're exactly right. I think the ticking time bomb of Lana's illness yes. makes it not seem like it's going to be a long-term book. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if that's just like a, a plot point, a conflict that they have to overcome, um, then that's great. But I, I agree, like that having that that as a plot point is the equivalent of having a you know a a timer on how long this series can last. Exactly. That that's what I feel more than anything. Yeah. is going to limit it, but God, I hope not. DC, if you're listening, keep this book around. I mean, it it has more of a right to exist than I think than, than action does, at least in its current incarnation. I mean, I, I would argue it has it has twice the reason to exist. I think it um, it's given us interesting Lex. Mm-hmm. It's given us interesting Lena. It's giving us odd, interesting Lana, Lois. I mean, everything about it. I love the fact that we're getting more about the Irons family. Mm-hmm. Like, everything is there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, if if they, if they it came down to just needing to, like, you know, clean out the line a bit, I would be fine with um, them dropping this book and just moving it. Into action? Into action, yeah. You have Superwoman in action comics, and I think that'd be pretty solid. Yeah. I'll even go a step further. I could see them doing what they're doing with Wonder Woman and having one issue be Superman, one be Superwoman each month. Oh, that'd be really cool. Yeah. I I presume we're all pulling this, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. And we got one last book. Uh, We have Wonder Woman... This is um, the what's what's the term for third to last? Uh, is there a term for that? I don't know. It's the penultimate, pre, penultimate, pre-penultimate, pre-penultimate is what I was going to say. The, yeah, the pre-penultimate Nicola Scott issue of the book. She's alpha number fourteen. 
Um, this has um, Wonder Woman entering the world for the first time. Like, like you know, essentially an outdoor mall. Um, an incredibly charming issue. All of the stuff that happens before the action breaks out really gets you rooting for Diana. And then the action sequences were just so well done by Scott. Yeah, I thought it was interesting how it kind of um, mirrored the last issue in the present, I think, because yes. they also had them all there. Yes, they were. Yeah, that may have just been a, a coincidence, but I thought it was I thought it was a cool uh, parallel. Yeah, I and, agree. Um, yeah, man, this book is cool. It is. It is. It's just, it's just a good Wonder Woman book. Yeah. Um, Vince said that this was a poll for him. He said, uh, magnificent breather issue, best issue of Wonder Woman since Rucka started writing again. He said also the page of Wonder Woman at the shopping center mirrored nicely with the same sort of page or double page spread. Liam Sharp did last issue. Sharp and Scott have been two of the top five artists of rebirths in my, rebirth in my opinion. Uh, this certainly is a very artistically strong book. Um, if you listen to, um to Frank Cho, he's going to be taking over the book when Rucka leaves, but I don't really see that happening. No, well, I saw that, and I also saw that maybe he's in talks to get his own book. And then DC um, denied it all. Oh, they did? Okay. Yeah. Well, like, I I don't want to, like, badmouth creators. Um, I hope we, like, make that obvious. Like, we don't... We're here to critique. We're not here to to disparage any creator but like if there are two wonder woman books on the market or if there's you know i hope that people will vote with their wallets here and show that this is the kind of wonder woman we book book we want yeah not whatever frank show is wanting to give us yes um yeah i feel like that's all all that needs to be said it's a very classy way to handle it, Zach. Thank you. Um, so anyway, that does it for our show this week. Thanks for listening. We hope Vince's internet's back next week so that he can join us. Until then, you can follow the three of us on Twitter. Vince is at VJ underscore O-S-T-R-O-W-S-K-I. Follow him for his um, Packer meltdowns. Uh, I am at Brian is a nap. Follow me for my um, political meltdowns. And Zach, where are you? I'm at SirFox89. I don't really have many meltdowns. You're, um, you're so damn adjusted. <laughs> at least not on Twitter. <laughs> That's fair. I try to keep my meltdowns off Twitter, but sometimes they go down. Sometimes they happen. I, I feel like we're due for a uh, a Nintendo-related meltdown sooner than later. Uh, maybe. I don't know. If the Switch is more than $300, I might melt down. There we go. Look for it, folks, on Twitter. And look for us next week. Same DC free time. Same DC free time.